Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Good morning, Light Church. My name is Pat. I'm one of the elders uh, here at this church, and I'm so glad that you're able to, to join us this morning as we continue our, our Christmas series called Out for Delivery. Today, my message is entitled, It's On, His, on Its Way. So we've been looking at this idea of um, following the, the order of a, a package as it, uh, it goes from being ordered to on its way to one more stop and to being delivered. And if you're anything like me, the most frustrating part about ordering a package is knowing it's been dispatched but waiting for it to arrive. And it's in this waiting. And I think the thing that I don't like most about this period and that we as society don't like about this period is that actually we have to wait and we have no control over how long we wait uh, or we can't speed up the process. It is totally out of my hands. So if I want to order a package, I expect it to arrive within a couple of days. And not only do I expect it to arrive within a couple of days, I want to know exactly where it is at any one time on the process of delivery. And I don't know whether you do this, but if you've ever ordered anything and you want to know exactly where it is, and I'm constantly checking my phone or checking my emails or checking the status of delivery. And I think some companies have got really smart at this because they know that there's people like me in the world. They know that consumers want to be in control and now they've tailored their their customer experience to put consumers in control so I don't know whether you have Amazon Prime Amazon Prime lets you dictate the day that your product is going to arrive even before you've ordered it and then it tells you exactly how many stops away it is the day that it's coming to be delivered I don't know whether you've ever ordered a pizza from Domino's but if you've ordered a pizza they have this little digital assistant uh, that pops up once you've placed your order to say that it's been prepared, that your order's in the oven, that your order's going through quality checks, and then it's finally out for delivery. And then if you've ever ordered a, a taxi using Uber, we didn't know that we needed Uber because we already had taxis, but what Uber has done is told us exactly how far away our taxi is from arriving, and it tells us exactly how many minutes we have to wait, and it tells us, and we can see it on a map arriving, and that has taken away the complete element of surprise out of, out of that customer experience. And it's all about control, and control and visibility. And companies like Amazon and Uber are giving consumers back that control and that visibility more than we've ever done so before. And it's that gap between the promise and provision from the order and the delivery that I think society is closing that gap. But actually, as Christians, it's harder to accept when we're waiting on God's promises and we're waiting on God to fulfill those promises because we're actually not used to waiting. We don't like waiting. And when we are waiting, we like to be in control. And actually, it's super hard to wait. Those of you that know me well know that I'm not particularly good at waiting. Know that I'm particularly not the most patient person in the world. But, and I think I find it especially hard to wait on God and what I want to talk about today is can we trust God when the miracle is on its way 
And out of this process that we're going through, this on, on its way is the period that is probably the longest. It's the period that we as, as individuals have the least amount of control over. And whilst I've come to realize that we, and certainly I, is always in a hurry, God isn't. We want things to happen right now, if not even sooner. And God, however, seems to take his time. So we have this saying at work, that nine women can't produce a baby in one month. So I work for a company that, that builds websites on behalf of clients, and quite often I get a phone call from a client saying, we need this faster, we need our product sooner, can you just put more people on our project so we can, you can deliver it quicker? But the reality is what they're asking for is gonna take time. What they're asking for needs to be done correctly what they're asking for needs to follow a process. So we can't just throw more people at it to speed the process up. Nine women can't produce a baby in one month. And so often in our life, God's provision of his promises are processes. They take time. But we would rather fast forward to the good bits. And let's just take that analogy of, of childbirth a little bit further. There is nothing quite like waiting for the arrival of a baby. And whilst the mother and the family wait expectantly, God is at work forming and shaping that child in the mother's body. See, the conception is the promise, the delivering the birth of the fulfillment of that promise. But between the promise and the fulfillment are months of waiting, months of expecting, and along with months of discomfort and maybe uncertainty and potentially even anxiety. And you see, waiting is hard. And I actually don't think I'm great at waiting. I don't think us, we collectively, as a society and as culture, are particularly great at waiting. And I think right now most of us can't wait for this pandemic to be over. And it's quite strange in this kind of Christmas period that we're not even able to gather, we're not able to do the things that we would normally do as a church in this Christmas period. So we're gonna have a very different sort of Christmas, but the thing that is the same is that the delivery is still gonna happen. Christmas is still gonna come. The 25th is still gonna happen. But what I wanna ask you today is, will Christmas really arrive for you? And I think there's several things that have to happen before Christmas really does arrive in us and in our hearts. So I want to read a, a passage from, from Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles, um, it will also be up on screen. We're going to read uh, from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38. So this, this passage kind of follows, uh, follows on from the kind of birth of Jesus and, and what we would traditionally know as the, the nativity story. And eight days after Jesus is born, his parents, Mary and Joseph, uh, uh, have to take him uh, to, the, to the temple that's required by, uh, by the Jewish law. And it's kind of like an interesting part of the Bible because it's just after Jesus' birth and then it's probably the only reference of Jesus' childhood up until uh, him as a 12-year-old in the temple that stays behind when Mary and Joseph are, are heading back home. So if you're with me, we're in, we're in verse, uh, verse 22 of chapter 2. 
It says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. When there was a man in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolidation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed in him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord re law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, for which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, in light of our revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's mother and father marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be the sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts and the hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own, own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Peniel, the tribe of Asher, and she was very old and she had lived with her husband for 70 years after her marriage and then was a widow until 84. She had never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment she gave thanks to, to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So Simeon and Anna knew exactly what they were waiting for and they weren't disappointed. So let's, I just want to have a quick look at uh, some characteristics and, and things that we can learn from Simeon and Anna as they waited as they waited in this period between the promise that God had given them and the delivery of that promise and the provision of that promise. Whilst it doesn't specifically say that Simeon was an old man, I think it's fair to, to assume that he'd been waiting a long time um, for God's provision and God's fulfilment of that promise. And whilst it does say that Anna was old, that they had both waited a number of years for God to fulfill that promise, it says in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit was on Simeon. It had been revealed to him that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. And that Anna was always in the temple, that she didn't depart the temple, worshipping with fastings and petitions day and night, it says in verse 37. And the first point I want to pull out is a point around patience. Both Simeon and Anna displayed great patience in this story. They faithfully went about their business, praying and fasting and seeking God. But I think one thing that maybe gets misunderstood by this word patience is that patience shouldn't be confused with a lack of action. Going back to that analogy about a baby forming in the mother's womb, God's promises take time to form. So both Simeon and Anna were waiting patiently, but they didn't wait and do nothing. Simeon waited in anticipation. 
It says in verse 25 that he leaned on the Holy Spirit. In verse 26 that he learned from the Holy Spirit. In verse 27 that he was led by the Holy Spirit. Now it would be a complete waste of time if you'd placed an order on Amazon and you just sat by the door waiting for that delivery to arrive. But Simeon wasn't just sat around waiting for God's promise to arrive. He was anticipating the fulfilment of God's promise to him. And when it came, he was ready. And when it came, he was prepared. I don't know whether you have young kids or whether you remember when you were a young kid, but I remember when my brothers and sisters were a little bit younger and I loved being at home with them over Christmas because I think kids give us a vision of what Christmas should be like. There is, they have a sense of, of wonder and a sense of excitement and awe during this period. And I think sometimes and somehow we have lost that as we've become adults. But here's Simeon, an old guy who has not lost his anticipation. Every moment of the day he was anticipating the coming of the Lord. And while Simeon demonstrated a life of anticipation, Anna, Anna's life shows a life of participation. Verse 36 shows that her prayer life was her priority. Verse 37, that it was her passion. And the second part of verse 37, it was persistent. So her, she didn't get a specific promise like Simeon. But her life of worship and prayer and fasting meant that when she was prompted by the Holy Spirit to move, she did and she was ready. And I think the first time I read this passage and I, I looked into Anna, I just thought, I would, I would find that repetitiveness quite dull and mundane, particularly for so many years. But God was at work in her life. God was at work uh, working towards the fulfilment of the promises that he had for her. So when that time arrived, she was ready to step in to the promises that he had for her. And I think for us as Christians this morning, are we ready to step in to the promises that God has for us? Or are we just sat around expecting God to sort it out, expecting God to come through for us? Are we active in our waiting? Are we anticipating what God has got for us? Are we participating in what God has for us right now? Or are we complaining that he isn't coming through for us? See, both Simeon and Anna were directed to move by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy, Holy Spirit said to go to that temple, neither of them sat still. Neither of them missed that opportunity because they were ready, because they anticipated, they were already participating in what God had for them. And so they were, when they were ready, they, they moved. And I think the cool thing about this is that I think God could use anyone who submits to his will. If we look on, on paper, you know, Anna and Simeon were old. You know, they were potentially quite frail. And I think sometimes we might think, are oh, we too old or we're too young or we're too weak or we don't have the right skills to be used by God? But Anna and Simeon's life and this story in the Bible is a rejection of that. That God used 
both of them to bring clarity, visibility and confirmation about who Jesus was. But not just about who he was, but actually what his mission was for. That he was coming to save Israel. So I think as a church, sometimes it's easy to, to overlook people that might might not be able to be used by God on paper, but actually God used Simeon, God used Anna, God can use you regardless of your situation. God wants to use you and God will use you if you submit to his will. So let's not underestimate what God can do. I was also struck a little bit when I read this, that both Simeon and Anna were just delighted to have seen Jesus. Just to get a glimpse of the baby. This baby was eight days old. He wasn't preaching at this point. He wasn't saving people. He wasn't actually doing his, his work. They didn't get to see him do any of his work. They didn't get to see him fulfill the promises that God had for Jesus. They only had God's promise that everything would work out. And they were such people of faith that they were okay with that. They didn't need to see. They didn't need to experience Jesus in action. They just knew that God had promised it and that was enough. So like Simeon and Anna, God's promises could be out for delivery for us right now. We might have already been waiting years. We might have already, uh, we might not already know what God's promises are for us. But I think what we can learn from this passage this morning and what we can know and what we can be confident in is that God keeps his promises. That God is faithful and that God loves you. That he has a purpose for you, that he is a safe place for you. That he hasn't forsaken you, that he is for you. But most of all, I think what we can learn is that God is working in you even when you don't know. Even when you might be going through the mundane, even when you might be going through the boring, or you might not be seeing how God might be working in your life right now. The story of Simeon and Anna says to me that God can use anyone and God is working in everyone, even when we don't realise. So the three characteristics of Simeon and Anna that I think we can um, we can learn from and we can take hold of and apply to our own lives. The first one is patience. And I know that's a simple thing to say, but patience shouldn't be confused with a lack of action. But we should be trusting that God's promises are still forming, they're not stalling. The second one is anticipation. Now looking at the way that Simeon left, lived his life, anticipation is a daily choice. It's a daily choice in believing that your delivery is coming soon. A daily choice that your delivery is coming soon. And the third one is participation. That God will use anyone who submits to his will. So our promises are, might be out for delivery. Our, we might not even know what our promises are. We might just be in this waiting time or this waiting period and we don't know how long that might go on for. We have no control over this period in our lives. But what Simeon and Anna demonstrated this morning is that we should be living patiently 
in anticipation that God is going to fulfill the promises that he has for us. And I think patience, anticipation and participation are really key themes in the nativity story. So we all know the story and we have probably all been saved having to go and see nativity plays uh, this year. But the theme of those of Mary and Joseph, of the shepherds and of the kings, they were all prompted, either by an angel, by a star, whatever that was, um, they were all prompted and then they responded. And that's a bit of a theme in the nativity story is that there was a revelation and, and that revelation caused action whether it was the shepherds and the king going to visit the, uh, Jesus or whether it was Mary and Joseph in actually taking that journey to Bethlehem, Bethlehem to deliver Jesus. But there's one character that I just want to focus on very briefly this morning. And it's always been a character of the nativity that's quite close to my heart because as a very cute blonde four-year-old, I made my debut on stage as the innkeeper. And... What I've realised in the past few years is that the innkeeper doesn't actually appear in the Bible. It's a character that is kind of just made up because of this verse that's in Luke. Um, in Luke it, it says that Jesus, it describes that Jesus was born in the stable and then the line says because there was no room in the inn. So we've just made this assumption that someone told them that there was no room in the inn therefore there must have been an innkeeper telling them that there was no room in the inn. So the innkeeper is probably the only one in the nativity story that, that is asked something or hears something that doesn't respond in a positive way. But Luke's gospel doesn't actually mention him at all. He doesn't say that he's a good guy. He doesn't condemn him for what he did. He didn't say he was bad, good, right or wrong. Um, but he does mention him. So he doesn't mention him, but he does mention the fact that Jesus was born in the stable because there was no room in the inn. And I think it's interesting that he decided to tell us there was no room in the inn. And maybe that was because the crowded inn that shut out Jesus 2,000 years ago stands as a bit of a symbol for the crowded, cluttered lives that still have no room for him. And it's not that we're bad people. It's just that we're busy people. It's just that our schedules are so full that we don't have time to fit him in this Christmas. But if you don't have time, if your schedules are just too, too cluttered, then maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year when actually Christmas is stripped back a little bit for you. It might look a little bit different, but maybe this year you'll allow some time just to be still, to eagerly anticipate his arrival at Christmas because I don't I would hate for us that symbol of a crowded inn that said no to Jesus 2,000 years ago would be the same for us as a church this morning let's make time for Jesus let's be patient and be still as we wait for Jesus let's eagerly anticipate Jesus this morning and let's actively participate So, this morning, if, if, you're, if you're not a Christian, I'd please realise 
that the only thing that stands between you and God is yourself. The only thing that's going to stand between you and a relationship with God through Jesus is yourself. God has done everything he can to make that possible. He's freed you from your sin. He's given you the opportunity to spend eternity with him. And this morning we just want to extend his invitation to you. Maybe his invitation for you to come and not be shut out and not be that symbol of the inn 2,000 years ago that didn't have any room for Jesus. Maybe this year it's time to make room. Maybe this year it's time to make space. And I think people who have been Christians for a while will know that just accepting Jesus into your heart doesn't mean that you know the delivery date. Doesn't mean all the answers come. But what it does, what we are confident in, is that we are confident in Jesus. We are confident in his provision and his purpose and his plans for our lives. So, as I wrap up, I think the key things that I, that I think we can learn from Simeon and Anna this morning is patience. And patience is not a lack of action. It is God forming his promises and forming his plans and purposes in our lives. It's not God stalling. The second point is anticipation. Are we eagerly anticipating his return? Are we eagerly anticipating God's fulfillment of our promises? The promises that he has for us? And are we even participating in what God has got for us right now? Are we participating like Anna in prayer, in worship, in fasting? Are we taking care of what God has got in front of us right now? So I just want to pray before uh, we close. Uh, but it was great to see you and I hope you all have a, have a great Christmas. So Father, we just thank you for, um, first of all, your word, for coming down uh, you know, this time in Christmas. Uh, we remember and we thank you for, for uh, coming down and, and being here and worshipping with us, being a, a, around us, Father. And we just thank, thank you that you have a strong word, that you have a plan, a purpose, and a mission for us but this time this Christmas Father help us not to be a church and help us not to be a people that um, that are too busy that have too uh, crowded or cluttered lives Father help us make space this year help us to realize um, who you are make, help us realize the true meaning of Christmas Father um, and Lord if we struggle with patience I just pray that you'll give us time to be still I just pray that you'll help us um, understand who you are and, and help us to be still this year and help us to anticipate and participate in what you've got for us as well, Father. We just pray for this in your name. Amen. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.